to introduce you to a friend of mine, Meredith. Come on up. This is Meredith, and I met Meredith in the fall last year, right? She is from his house, and you all have heard about his house, Josh Chaffin, Wendy Chaffin, or not Wendy, yeah, Wendy Chaffin's husband, but Jeannie and Mark Chaffin's son, and so she's one of the leaders there, and we got to know each other. I meet with them once a month, and um, just we just, we laugh, we pray, we cry, we eat sometimes, yeah, yeah. we ate the other night, and um, it was in, it was an interesting meals, but um, I made it, so that's why I could say that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just want you to greet the people and tell them what's happening at his house. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> I got to surprise Sharon tonight, so that was yeah, really cool was so to exciting. be here. Um, yeah, so as she said, I, I help lead women's ministry over at his house, Christian Fellowship. And let me tell you, it's really growing. It's really been amazing to see God move. We started out with um, a little bit over... Um, eight groups this year for women's ministry specifically, and we've grown to like 11 groups, and um, God's just really bringing these college students and community members to us, and it's just been such a blessing, and so it's been really, really great. Um, our, our church is growing, but more than that, God is moving, and so Amen. praise him for that. Um, Amen. Yeah, thanks Good. so much. Yeah. Amen. Give it, yes. Thank God. We need Christian organizations on our campuses, Amen. college campuses, especially those that are not Christian campuses because uh, they're not Christian. <laughs> so we need we need a presence. We need the presence of Christ on those campuses. And so um, Meredith and, and like she said, she helps lead. And there's five there's five leaders, but then they have underneath them leaders, and then they have leaders underneath them. And I mean they're doing it right. And so um, I know that as a church we support his house. And uh, so I just wanted you to hear a little bit about what's going on up there. And it's exciting to hear um, that God is moving, salvations are taking place. And I know that um, um, Michaelin had the opportunity to go up a couple weeks ago. Her and Tia and Caitlin went up and led worship for um, an event that you guys were doing. And they absolutely loved being up there amongst all those the college kids. Of course, that's about their age anyway. And um, so um, that was that's fun to do. And so it's just great that we're interacting with them, and I'll tell you, if you want to stay young, hang out with this group right here. That's right. I mean, because they they keep you young, they keep you young in your thinking, and so so that's it's really exciting to see what excited God is doing. Amen. Um, okay, so a couple weeks ago, I, how many of you are reading through the Bible with us this year? Doing a Bible, not, maybe not the one that's out there, but you're reading through the Bible. Okay, you know, every year we do this, and, and it's exciting, and sometimes I get into it and. You know, and of course, Genesis is great, okay, because you're, you're learning about all, you know, this is how it started. This is where we are. And then you, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus is good, okay, because it's a story about how they got into captivity. And then you get into numbers and you go, seriously, how many times do you have to count these people and why do I care? And then you get into Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, really, and, you know, I'm just like, okay, wow, this is, uh, you know, all of the, all of the sacrifices. And, and if you do this, and this is what happened. And if you do this, this is what happens. And, and it, you know, and you're just like, oh, you know, what it, I come out of Leviticus going, thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus, once and for all, it was done. It was made. No more. Thank you. I don't have to bring a dove. Although I have some morning doves I'd like to kill and bring, 
um, thank you, I don't have to bring a goat. Thank you, I don't have to bring, you know, but, but Jesus paid a debt. He, he was the ultimate sacrifice. That's what I get out of Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you know, and of course, it, Deuteronomy is just basically the repeat of Exodus, Numbers, and Leviticus. And like, okay, whatever. You know, it's kind of like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, they're repeat stories. And, you know, but each of them tells it in a different way. And uh, so I was reading, and then you get into Joshua. Thank God. They're out of the, they're out of, out of captivity, out of the wilderness. And now we're into Canaan land. Well, they're about ready to go into Canaan land. And um, so they're at the crossing and you get into, you get into Joshua and you just, you know, you read about the battles and thank God. God fought the battle for them, and he won the battle for them, and he told, he told them, he said, be, you know, be still and know that I'm your God, and you won't have to fight in this battle, but I'll go before you. You know, you just go, yay, victory, yay, victory. And then we get to Joshua, chapter, around, ch- chapter 13, and God had given Joshua direction that he was to, once they get into and they, and they drive out the enemies, into uh, out of the land of Canaan, then they, he was to, to divide up the land amongst the tribes. So tonight, I want to talk about with you, just talk with you a little bit about the Ikes, the Ikes in our lives. And the message tonight is called Yikes, the Ikes. And if you can see my little notes here, I got an emoji of uh, Ikes. Okay, and you know, as of course the ites in the scripture, um, they were the enemies, and they're they're all different names. Um, but we start in Joshua chapter thirteen, and if you want to turn with me there, we're not going to read a lot. I just want to highlight just a few scriptures here. Um, and as I was reading this, I was like, oh man! And as I went on to more chapters, I was like, oh! And I started to identify with some struggles that some of the tribes were having about driving out the ites in their lands. And, um, and, I, was, and I could identify with them. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And so in Joshua chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, And when Joshua was, a, Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, You are growing old. Hello. <laughs> much, and, and much land remains to be conquered. So, in other words, what God is saying here is, is that, that, listen, you're getting old, but there's still a lot to do. <clears throat> so, and what he begins to tell him is, this is how I want you now to divide the land. He says, this is the territory that remains, and he goes on all through, all through the land, down through there. And in, in other words, I was telling Pastor today, I said, I said, you know, you talk about legacy, This is what God was saying to Joshua. Listen, Joshua, you're old, but listen, you've got some young people that are around you that can help you divide and conquer. Have you ever heard that term, divide and conquer? That can help you divide and conquer. And, you know, and then as we get over on into um, chapter 14, if you go into chapter 14, and around verse 10, in, and it talks, he's talking here about Caleb. Now, if you remember Caleb, there was Joshua and Caleb and then 10 other leaders from the tribes that went into Canaan way, 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 way back to, to spy out the land. 
And whenever they got into the land, 10 of them came back with a bad and evil report. And they said, there's giants in the land. There's, 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 there's just no way. We are like grasshoppers in their eyes is what they said. So, but, but Caleb and Joshua said to Moses, listen, listen, we are well able. Let me tell you what's in that land. There's fruit in the land. There's food in the land. There's pasture and there's water in the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. We're, we are well able to go in and to conquer. But because of, the two, because of the 10 tribes that gave a bad report, they, they listened to the bad report versus listening to the two that gave the good report. And I don't know if you've ever had somebody come and, you know, you were really all excited about something. Great, we're going to go do this. And then somebody comes along and gives you a bad report about what you're about ready to go do. And it doesn't matter that even though this was a good report that you heard, this bad report looms. And it just, it's right there. You know, but this could happen. Have you ever, ever, have you ever been ready to go do something? You know, go buy a house and you're going to borrow money from a certain bank. And, they, and you, somebody comes along and says, we borrowed money from them one time. You don't want to work with them. Oh, they'll, they'll do you wrong. Maybe you're going to go <clears throat> take your car to a, a mechanic or something, and, and, you, and you're, you've heard good reports about them, but then that one person comes along and says, you don't want to go to them because it's a, they're not good. They'll rip you off. They'll steal your money. And so this bad report just looms into your head. <clears throat> I know when <clears throat> last year whenever we went into the Philippines, the pastor, he was telling his family, his aunt especially, she's gone and gone to heaven, so she doesn't care that I tell the story. She would never know anyway. So um, <laughs> I could talk about her now. Um, but she, but anyway, <clears throat> we got ready to go. And, and, you know, a few times that pastor's gone into foreign countries, he's gotten sick. One, because he eats everything. Chuck can attest to this. He, he eats whatever, he literally takes the scripture, literally, that whatever they put before you eat. And so he's eaten, he's eaten monkey before. I think whenever you guys were in Rwanda, he ate monkey. And you're just like, why? Why do you have to do that? So on one hand, he tortures himself, okay? And so his body rejects that stuff. And I kind of got sick of it. I'm like, okay, it's enough's enough. Are, do you like being sick? Do you like, like this? You know, he likes the food, but, you know, he doesn't like getting sick. So when we went... When we went to the Philippines last year, his, his aunt was like, why do you do that? I mean, we were all excited about going and just really praising God that we were going. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to go there? You don't want to go there. You'll get sick. You'll get sick. You'll get sick. And so, you know, that's the report that you hear. No matter what, you, no matter what anybody else says and, and tells you, the good report, and even though he had been there before a couple of other times, this, this report just looms, you know. So you're having to do more warfare about, okay, no, in Jesus' name, we're not going to get sick. No weapon formed against us will prosper. You know, no pestilence will dwell in this body. So, you, you know, you have to really fight a warfare. So Caleb, going back to Caleb here, you know, Caleb now is 85 years old. And... He's and Joshua is ready to give him his land. And here, if you look in Joshua, or in, yeah, in Joshua 14 and verse 10, he says, <clears throat> he says here, he says, 
Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised. For all these 45 years since most, because so he was 40 when he first, they went first into the, into, into the wilderness. And he says, since, since uh, Moses made this promise, in other words, that he would be able to go in and to take his land, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old. And listen, this is what, this is what Caleb says. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me this hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak and living there in the great walled, down, walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. So remember that whenever they were coming into the land, excuse me, when they were coming into the land, the Lord said, okay, there are all of these ites in the land. And this is the thing. I don't want you to settle there. I want you to drive them out. Caleb here says, you give me this hill country and I will drive them out. I will drive them out. So I want you to remember that. Now, let's go over to Joshua 17. And again, 15, 16, 17, he's still dividing the land. Okay? Now, we come to 17, and around verse 12, we had three tribes that, as they came to the promised land, to the Jordan River, they had to cross the Jordan to get into the promised land. As they cross, as they begin to cross the river, Manasseh, Reuben, and Gad, I think, came to Joshua and said, um, we don't want to go over into the promised land. We want to stay. Well, two of them said, we want to go over, but we don't want to go any further in except for right here along the Jordan. And then Manasseh, half of their tribe said, well, we want to go over and just stay right here. The other half said, we don't want to go over. We just want to stay on this side of the Jordan. And I know we look at them and we think, what? Um, you're coming out of the wilderness. Now, wilderness is a barren country. There's, there's nothing. Remember, remember them in the wilderness? They had to pray for food. God had to rain down manna. He had to rain down birds. They, they had to strike walk, rock in order to get water. I mean, it was a struggle in the wilderness. I don't know about it in your life, but I know in my life, I've had some wilderness experiences. It's, it's been dry. It, there's no fruit growing in the wilderness, okay? There's, it, it's dry. It's barren. There's nothing producing there. And so I'm, I'm thinking, what, what is wrong with you? But let me tell you something. Let's don't judge too quickly. Because there's been times in our lives that we've come up to the river. On one side, it's blessing. On the other side, it's still the wilderness. It's dry. It's barren. And on one, um, and part of part, so we straddle the river. We straddle the river. You can't live in the river. 
okay? You gotta get on one side or the other. And so, so what we do is we say, okay, I'll come over to the Canaan land, but I'm gonna sit right here because this is, I can still see the wilderness. Listen, if you're not getting this tonight, then there's something wrong with your wood. You're wet. I can still see the wilderness, so I'm still secure right here because, see, we like to stay comfortable. We don't like to get uncomfortable. And, you know, I've never been into the Canaan land. And actually, those that did go into the Canaan land and test it out to spy it out the land, except for the two that came back with a good report, the other ten are dead. So I've never been over into the Canaan land. I'm not sure what's in there. But God said there's blessings in the Canaan land. There's milk and honey. There's fruit. There's, there's all that you need. And guess what? I'm going to be there with you. And yes, there's enemies there. But you know what? We're going to drive them out. Together, we're going to fight the battles and we're going to drive them out. <clears throat> but God, I can see. I can see where I've been right here. And I like, I like living close right here. I don't want to get too far in to the Canaan land because I'm, I, I still want to hold on to my past. I want to hold on to my past. And that's what Manasseh, Reuben, and Gad did. They wanted to hold, they still wanted, they didn't want to get too far in. And half of Manasseh decided, we don't want to even want to cross. Well, Joshua really rebuked them and said, listen, at least you got to go fight the battles. You can come back and live whatever you want, wherever you want, but at least you got to go in and fight for your brothers. Come back and live wherever you want, but at least you got to go in and fight. And so we get down here into verse 12. It says, But the descendants of Manasseh were unable to occupy these towns because the Canaanites, now there's an ite, the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. Now, have you ever met somebody who's determined? Have you ever had a two year old? Okay, you met somebody that's determined. Yeah, Tom, she's not here to defend herself. Tom said Mona, yeah. Um, you know, but they're just determined. They're just bullheaded. They're just, you know, and you can see. You can see. You know, okay, listen, I'm just telling you, if you will just do this, then you're going to be, it's going to be okay. Really, it's going to be okay. But they're just determined. Or, or you can look at them and say, Okay, the decision that you're making is not a good decision. And let me, t let me give you the 10 reasons why it's not a good decision. But they're, they're just determined. Nope, by golly, this is what I'm going to do. And so they dig their in heels in, and they refuse to listen to what anybody... So here, Manasseh is determined to stay in that region. With, or the Canaanites are determined to stay in that region. So later, however, when the Israelites became strong enough... They forced the Canaanites to work as slaves. Okay, what did God tell them to do? Destroy them. Destroy them, drive them out, get them out of there. But what did, what did Manasseh do? He made them slaves, work as slaves for them. But they did not drive them out of the land. And that's where I went, <laughs> okay, God, what ite 
have I not drive, driven out of this land? What ite have I not driven out of this land? So I want us to just kind of go back. You don't have to turn to any scripture. I'm just going to give you some history here. And again, it's, it's just a, a blanket history. It's not deep history. It's just, I'm not deep, okay? I'm just applicable. All right, so Genesis chapter 10, it lists all the nations. All the na Remember, okay, so we had nations before Genesis chapter, before the flood, okay? Genesis 7, I think. Um, before the flood, we had nations, remember? And then God said, I'm fed up with these people. I'm going to destroy. And so he called out Noah. He said, Noah, build an ark. Noah, build an ark. He said, put, on, put the animals on the ark and do all this. And so he did. And so 40 days to 40 nights it rained, and then the floods came, the waters went up, the rain came down, the floods went up, and destroyed all the, all the people on the earth except for the one, Noah's family that was on the boat. So now, there, now we have in Genesis chapter 10 the descendants now that are coming out of the boat. And so we have Noah's family, Noah's sons. He, he had three sons, Japheth. Ham and, and, and Shem, Shem. So, and of course, they all three had sons, had nations, and, and, but the majority of the nations came from Ham. And there's a situation that happened with Ham and his brothers and his father who was drunk. They walked into the tent and saw his nakedness. And Ham did, and so the brothers kind of covered it up, and God said, Ham will be cursed, and whatever, whatever. I think it was more of a relational curse, than, because as we see out through Scripture, that all of the nations that Ham produced, those are the nations that caused trouble for the Israelites. And so... Here we, so now here we have, the, in Genesis chapter 10, you have the nations of Ham that are listed. And so I just want to go through some of those. And I want us to put um, some um, practical, spiritual um, applications to them, okay? The first one that, they, that he mentions is the Jebusites. The Jebusites, the Jebusites means a threshing floor. Now, if you don't know what a threshing floor is, a threshing floor in the Old Testament or in Bible times, um, or Bible times, actually, or um, old times of the Mideast was a place that they built where they brought the wheat um, and or uh, any kind of a grain, and they brought it in sheaves, and then they would, they would um, throw it, they would beat it onto the ground of the threshing floor and so it was a place that became a blessing because for, uh, there was a harvest time. And then what they would do is they would sweep that up and then they would make flour or whatever they made out of whatever particular grain that it was that they were, that they were beating. And so it became a place of, of blessing. It was, it was a place that they separated the husk. It removed the husk. And it also removed the tares from, from the produce. Okay, because whenever they were picking, I mean, they, they would pick the tares. Whenever they would harvest, they would harvest the tares right with the wheat or the grain, whatever grain it was that they, that they were producing. So the threshing floor was a place where there was activity that took place. 
it was an important place for them. The threshing floor was an important place. It was the, it was the threshing floor was important, and it was often used as landmarks. The flesh, threshing floor, say that three times really fast. The threshing floor was also a place of judgment. Okay? It was also a place of judgment. Um, remember, it, you probably don't remember, but there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Jesus said that whose fan is in his hand, and he will, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into garner, but he will burn up the chaff with un, unquenchable fire. Okay, so there's a, it's a judging. Remember, not only was there wheat and grain in the, in the threshing floor, but there was also tares. So it was an opportunity for separation to take place. Listen, in mine and your life, there's two types of fruit. There's good fruit and there's bad fruit. And there's a time in our lives that we have to get to the threshing floor and we have to allow the word of God to beat that stuff out of us. The bad, the bad fruit, okay? The, fresh, the threshing floor was made out, mostly made out of stone. So it was a firm foundation. It was a firm foundation that was there. You know, it's important that as believers that we have a firm foundation, that we have a foundation. Because if we don't have a foundation, um, I think it's in that scripture that you read tonight. If you read on down through the scripture, he talks about there that, that listen, it's like a man who builds a house. One builds a house upon a rock, and when the floods come, the house still stands. But one builds his house upon the sand, and when the floods come, his house is washed away. Why? Because his foundation was not firm. So how do we build a strong foundation? We build a strong foundation through the Word of God. That's how you build a strong foundation. Um, it's imperative. I mean, I went to church for years, and, and yes, we heard the Word. Um, we heard the Word through strained glass, but we heard the Word. We heard the Word according to what the denomination wanted us to hear. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bashing the denomination that I was a part of. I was part of the Nazarene church, and it was, I mean, I got a good, solid salvation foundation. What I didn't get was a good, solid righteousness salvation. So every time that I would sin, every time that I would fall, every time I would, I would, um, do something that I knew that was not according to scripture, I got condemnation versus conviction. They used to have a saying, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't chew, and you don't run around with those who do. You know, so, so it didn't matter. You know, it was a lot of you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, and a lot of pointing of the finger. But, but at the same time, I, you know, Pastor and I, we were, we were talking the other day, the gospel hymns, I mean, some of those gospel hymns you cannot beat. I don't care. You know, Carrie Job and Missy Edwards can put out the best song, but there's some gospel hymns that you just cannot beat. And whenever you hear those, they take you to a place. I mean, good word gospel hymns, not this poor mealy mouth, I'm, I'm so poor and broke, and God, you know, where's God? He left me somewhere. No, I'm talking about good, solid gospel hymns that are of the word and they bring you to a place and you go yes 
How firm a foundation. That's an awesome song. I can't sing it for you right now, but an awesome song. Um, you know, there's just so many of them that whenever you hear them, they just take you to a place and you go, oh, wow, that's a firm foundation. So, um, so in, in, again, in the threshing floor, you know, maybe your foundation, see, this is the thing. This is the other thing, too. Maybe your foundation is built upon condemnation. And if it's built upon condemnation, then all that you feel is guilt. You feel guilt all the time because condemnation, condemnation. You don't, you bad, you're, you're evil, you're wicked. You're, and so that's your foundation. See, we all have foundations. But we have to make sure that, that we switch our foundation, that our foundation is built upon the word of God. And this is the other thing, too. Parents, we have to make sure, grandparents, we have to make sure that we're building a foundation for our children and grandchildren that are built on the word and not built on our experience. Or, or here, what we want them to do. How we want them to act. How we want them to live. God has a purpose and a destiny for everyone. I don't have a purpose and a destiny for everyone. God has a purpose and a destiny for everyone. So, okay, so that's, Je that's Jebusite. Um, should we go through judgment? We should. The, through the word of God. We allow the word of God to judge us. Um, Romans chapter 8 in verse 1 says that there's no condemnation, there's no difference between con there are there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus who are called for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh listen to this we were I uh, had a women's meeting this morning a lead group meeting and and one of we, we listened to a DVD and one of the ladies on there said there's a difference between condemnation and conviction conviction makes me think more of God Okay, how I can get closer to him. If I'm doing something that's not pleasing to him and if I'm far away from him, conviction turns me around and makes me face him. Condemnation puts the focus on me and how bad I am. Okay, that's what condemnation does. So don't allow the enemy, don't allow the enemy to put you in judgment. Do not allow the enemy, don't allow the enemy to put you in judgment. So when we lay a right foundation of the word of God, then we move on to the next level. And the next one is an Amorite, okay? And the Amorite, his, his name means a public place. A place, it's a, it's a public place where proclamations are heard. <gasps> oh my gosh, do you ever hear proclamations in your head? I hear proclamations all the time in my head. You know, yes, I hear voices. They're, it's my voice. Or it's the voice of the past. Or it's the voice of my parents. Or it's the voice of a, of a bad relationship. Or a good relationship. You know, a lot of times, you know, pastors told me this. He says, I'll be out shopping, Sharon, and I'll think, I'm going to pick this up. And then I hear your voice in my head. <laughs> so, you know, proclamations are powerful to us. They're powerful to us. So there's many voices that come to us. Some of them, um, some are heard externally and some of them are heard internally in um, mark chapter 4 and verse 24 jesus said 
to, to the people, be careful what you are hearing. And that word hearing is a continualist word. Be careful what you are hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Um, for the measure of the thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear will be measured of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to, to you who hear. Hearing comes with hearing, there comes an also an understanding. So that word hearing not only just means that you hear, because some people can hear you. Like if I say to my, my grandkids, are you listening to me? You listen to me. But do they understand? Because people can hear you, or you can hear what's being said, but you don't understand. You know, in the scripture it says that get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. So you can, you can get, I mean, I've, I've ran into people that have, have, they know the word. They can quote, they can rattle off scripture to you all the time, but they don't know the word. They don't have an understanding of the word. So with your hearing, also get understanding. So, but, but at the same time too, we have to be careful what we're hearing. And we were talking about this today in our, in our group that, you know, okay, what are you listening to? And, and, and we, we mentioned music, you know, what kind of music are you listening to? And we were talking about, you know, Pastor and I, and you can uh, go ahead, Judge Miss, um, we listen to, we like to listen to classic, um, classic um, oldies, 70s music. That's what we were raised on. Now, today, we listen to it and we go, oh my gosh, can you believe that's what we listened to then? And you know what? <clears throat> that's what we were listening to then, and that's what we did. The drugs, the drinking, the sex. Oh, yeah, because that's what they were singing about. Now we listen to it and we go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that our parents, well, our parents didn't want us to listen to it, but we snuck around and we listened to it anyway. Be careful what you hear. So, you know, we like listening to it today, but we can control it. And we, you know, we're married now and we're not out drinking and doing drugs and committing adultery and, and all that stuff because... We have, again, we're going back to that threshing floor. We have a foundation. But at the same time, whenever I'm, whenever I'm feeling like, I, I, a lot of times if, if I've just had an overwhelming week, month, it's time for me to take a trip. I'm putting in my, on my iPad, on my, I'm putting, I'm bringing up my iTunes of my worship music. And I'll tell you what, all of a sudden the car is filled with the presence, I mean, I know that God's in me, Jesus is in me, his presence is in me, but it's like I now have a passenger that's riding on the, and, and I, I remember that after Richard's mom died, um, it, was, it was a really rough time. One, she was 59 years old when she died, way too young. That's my age. I'm just saying, you know, and so I was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a long haul, and I, and I know it was hard on him, and I mean, he lost his mother, but my girls, my, my kids, my son, my girls, they lost their grandmother. And so I was really angry. I was angry at her. And because she was healed at one point, and then she decided to go back and live, you know. She was on this side of the Jordan. And she wouldn't go any further in. And so she decided to, to go back. She just lived on that edge. 
And so I was very angry with her. And I remember I was going down to see my parents. I, th I think that's where I was going because that's the only reason why I would take a trip like that. And um, I got in the car, and back then when we didn't have um, iTunes, so I had CDs. And I put in my CD. I can't even tell you which one it was, but all of a sudden I, be I began to cry. And healing began to come. And I began to confess and say, Father, I forgive her. I forgive her. I mean, you know, this was her choice. It wasn't my choice. It was her choice. I forgive her. And healing began to come. And I, and I began, and I thought, wow, I didn't realize that I had all of this in me. And I began to proclaim. I began to say some things. And I began to get a right attitude again. You see, I had an ite that was trying to stay dormant on the inside of me. It was taking up residence. And I had to look at that eye and say, mm-mm, okay, this is going to hinder you. This is going to hold you back. You can't allow this eye to stay here and serve you and make it your slave. You're going to have to drive it out. So make sure that what your proclamations, what your proclamations you're hearing, make sure that you're hearing the right thing. Okay. Then the next one that we have is a, is a and again, I'm going to chop these names up, Gergesite. That's, I'm just going to say it out like that. It's of clay. It's the flesh. It's the flesh. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. In Romans chapter 7, 25, Paul says it like this. He says, Oh, thank God, he will. Through Paul, Paul goes through and he says in, in chapter 7, he's talking about the struggle between the spirit and the flesh. And he's, he's going over back and forth. Back. He's, and, and at one point at the end of the chapter, he says, you know what? There's things that I want to do, but I don't do. And then there's things that I don't want to do that I do. I don't want to do that. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to act like that. I didn't want to be that person. But I did it anyway. What is wrong with me? And Paul says, what is wrong with me? And in verse 25, he says, he says of Romans 7, 25, oh, thank God, he, because Paul says, is there any hope? Is there any hope for any of us? He says, oh, thank God, he will through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. So then, indeed, I of myself, with the mind and heart, serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So again, it's that, it's that we have to, we, there, we recognize that we live in a flesh. We live in this body. But in this flesh, there is no good thing. Okay? In this flesh, there is no good thing. And we have to constantly put our flesh down. And by our flesh, I don't mean necessarily physical body. I'm talking about your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And you have to talk to those, your mind, your will, your emotions constantly. And you have to say, listen, you will do what God says to do. We will be obedient so that we can be blessed and so that we can be edified, so that we can break out of this. And because if you don't, if you let your mind, your will, your emotions just wander, just go, you'll be everywhere. I know the men are sitting here going, no, no, I won't. But us women understand that. Do you understand that, women? Do you understand that if you let your mind just keep wandering and keep going? We were talking about this today. That, you know, we can make up, we can, uh, something can happen to you. Somebody can come up to you and say something really nasty like, 
you know, why are you, why are you wearing those tennis shoes to church? What's wrong with you? And you can go, I don't know. What's wrong with me? And you can go home and you can run this whole scenario in your head. You know what? If she comes up to me again and says, why did you wear those? I'm going to tell her. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. And so you make up this whole scenario in your head of if she said, I'm going to say. Women, do we not do that? Um, be honest. You know, you know that you do. I know that you do because I do it all the time. And if I don't grab a hold of my mind and say, enough, shut up, it's enough, then it's, it, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go away with it. So, so you have to grab a hold of your mind. The other night I was talking to Pastor about a group text that I had received. And in that group text, there's one lady that's in that, in that group. And, and, and she, somebody had, had texted that, I'm really struggling with this. And this woman just responds with blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, really? Seriously? And so I was telling Pastor about it. And, and, and you know, I'm just going on and on and on and on and on and on, you know, kind of like a lawnmower. Broom, broom. And he just looks at me. He says, you have real issues with her, don't you? <laughs> I said, you know what? You're right, I do. And I shut up. And I said, Sharon, you've got to stop this. That's not right. It's not fair. It's not fair to myself, and it's not fair to the woman because she's not there. She didn't even know. You know what? She didn't even care. I'm laying there in bed just going on and on. You know what she's doing? She's at home in her bed asleep. So anyway, so the flesh. We struggle with the flesh all the time. Okay, the next one is a Hivite, okay? A Hivite is, is, is a village, but it has no walls. Now, um, I want you to look with me at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, 23. It says here in Proverbs 4, 23, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So, you know, Pastor just came through this whole thing about teaching on Nehemiah and how Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. You know, and there was a reason why Nehemiah had to go back and rebuild the walls, because Jerusalem's walls were down and they were unprotected. So in our lives, sometimes we've got areas in our lives that there's walls that are down that are unprotected in our lives. The, that area in our life is unprotected. And the, and the and Proverbs here, Solomon says, hey, guard your heart. Guard your heart. In other words, not, not your physical heart, but guard your mind, your will, and your emotions because out of it flows the issues of life. What, like I said, you know, what you think on, that's what's going to come out. What are you thinking about? Because what you think on when you're squeezed, when you're pushed, that's what's going to ooze out of your mouth. So guard your heart because out of it come the issues of life. So... Um, it's important that we unwalled areas of our lives allows anything to come in. It allows offenses to come in. We get offended easily in those areas in our lives. You know, I know that there's been things that, at times that um, pastors said something to me about a certain area in my life, and, and you know, and we just kind of go, and I go, you know what, you're right. And, 
you know, or, or we'll joke about an area or whatever. And, and, but then there's other times in other areas of my life that he might say something, and I'll go, I'm really offended. Well, I won't say it to him, but in my heart, I'll say, that really offended me. That hurt my feelings. That, that really, that makes me mad. That makes me angry. And so then what I do then is I start, again, these scenarios go on in my head, and now I'm mad, and now I'm not talking to him for three or four days. Well, that's not good. Why? Because, see, I let a wall down. But see, if I would have, not that I'm guarding myself against him, but I'm guarding myself against an offense. And it's really been amazing to me to watch, just through marriage in and of itself, how that, what used to make me angry anymore, I'm just like, huh. You know, I have this saying that I use in my life, and I judge everything accordingly. In the scope of eternity, how important is it? In the scope of eternity, how important is it? How important is it? So, you know, there's things that, the things that he used to do that now I'm just like, hmm. Now, rearranging the furniture while I'm gone out of town, that still offends me. <laughs> Don't do that. But if he wants to clean the house while I'm gone, hey, I'm fine with that now. You know, it used to be, I'm like, what, you don't think I'm good enough to clean the house? What, you think I'm not a good enough housekeeper? What, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like, hey, go at it, buddy. You know, just don't do the laundry and don't rearrange the furniture. So, you know, there's certain things in our lives that we kind of look at and, and we, have to, we have to judge it accordingly. We, we have to get a perspective on it. And see, you know, whenever you have a wall, you get a, you get a, a better perspective about it, okay? So, okay, so the Hivites. So protect your heart. And then there's the Archites, okay? That's the, um, their, their, their name means of feelings or emotions. Oh, my gosh. Again, with the emotions. Again, with the feelings. Really, seriously, God? You know, but God, I think that, that, that God cares so much about our, because you know what? We wear our feelings. We wear our feelings on our face. We wear our feelings and our actions, how we treat other pe people. So we have to really guard against that. We have to really watch that. When our heart, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions um, are, are over, you know, in, in, in the Psalm, Psalm 61, it says, uh, the psalmist says that, that when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. So when my heart gets overwhelmed with emotions, and my feelings, like, you know, my feelings get hurt or I'm really concerned about something so I get overwhelmed about something, I have to remember who, where my rock is. <laughs> I have to go back to the foundation. I have to go back to the threshing floor and remember where my rock is because I have to remember that he's my sure foundation. I have to remember that he's the one that made me, you know, the psalmist also said, listen, God, you know my uprising and you know my downfalls. You know me inside and out. So if he knows me inside and out, then he knows to how to handle all of these emotions that I might be dealing with, all this overwhelmness that I might be dealing with. You know, maybe you're here tonight and you're overwhelmed with something. It might not be, might not be over, you know, emotions, but maybe it's your mind. Maybe your mind is racing tonight. Listen, 
You need to run to the rock that is higher than you. First of all, Jesus is the only one that has the answer for you. Second of all, if you listen to him, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to tell you what you need to do. And just like we said earlier, he's not going to leave you in the middle of all of that. He's going to be right with you. Amen? So, the next one is, and then we're almost done here. i got two more, is the Sinite. And the Sinite, they lived in the wilderness. Now, remember, even though, you know, even though, you know, half of Manasseh was living on this side of the Jordan, but, but I'm sure that that part of Jordan, because they didn't want to go deeper in, and as they went deeper into Cana, then there was more blessings as they went deeper into Canaan. But right on the river, there was probably some wilderness right there on the river. And so in the wilderness, again, it's barren places. I want you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Barren places, barren places in our soul. Maybe these are places that at one time you couldn't feel, okay? At one time you couldn't show your feelings about a certain area or a certain thing. You know, there's some people that they've never cried. They've never shed a tear. They can't cry. There's a reason. Listen, God gave us tears for a reason. Your mother would love this, Chuck. God gave us tears for a reason, there's a reason that, that he gave. It's a release. I remember, um, and this is getting a little bit personal, but I remember whenever I started going through menopause, and um, and some of you that have been through it, and some of you husbands that have been through it with your wives, you'll understand this. But, you know, <laughs> and my office used to be, we used to have another building over in Wheeler, and my office used to be in there. That's where the Benevolence Center was. And so my office was over there, and I remember standing at the window, and all of a sudden, there's this feeling, this overwhelmness of, of I want to, I just want to cry. And I was, and I remember saying to myself, "What are you doing? Stop crying!" Just and so I would hold it in, and then I would end up with this headache. And I remember one time going home and and, and climbing into bed. Pastor wasn't there, and I remember one time going home and climbing into bed, and. And he came home, and, and, and I was just thinking, and he, he came in and says, are you okay? I'm just healing. What's wrong? And I'm like, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. I just, and my head's pounding, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with me? And, and he, goes, he goes, okay, so do you, have you taken some ibuprofen? Do you need do you need a cold wash? <laughs> so he went and got me a cold washcloth, and at that time our our our, t- our TV room was upstairs, and so he went into the TV. He, he kind of got me everything I need, and then he left me. <laughs> Leave that demon possessed woman alone, and so he left me, and and so I'm laying there in bed, and I'm kind of calm. You know, by that time I've I've cried it out a little bit, and and uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this story, but anyway, so um so. And pretty soon, Shannon comes in, and she comes up the stairs, and, and he whispers. I can hear him. He whispers, and he says, your mom just had an episode. 
so being very, very quiet. And I yelled out, I can hear you. <laughs> Just like. But my point was is that because I was not allowing the tears to flow, it affected my, it affected my body. Oh, yeah. I tensed up and it caused a headache. So, you know, maybe you're here tonight and you haven't been able to cry. Cry it out, man. Just let it go. You know, then, of course, you cry too much and you end up with a headache too. But at any rate, okay. So, okay, Psalm, we were in Psalm 1. Okay, Psalm 1. So barren places. There are, there's barren places in our soul. But this is a great confession right here in Psalm 1. He said, oh, all the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around the sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord and they meditate on it day and night. Now listen to this. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each, in each season. In each season, the man who listens to the the man and woman who listens to the word of God. They're planted by the riverbank, and they bear fruit in each season. Each season of their life, they're bearing fruit. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. And then if you look down at the, at the verse 6, it says, For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So no barren places. We can't afford to have barren places in our lives. We are to be producing fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 is the fruit of the Spirit. We ought to be producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Okay, the next one is Avradite, something like that, A-R-V-A-D-I-T-E. Um, it means that they, they're wanderers, okay? And again, it comes into, it comes, it talks about our thought life. Again, your wandering mind, your mind's just wandering, you know, you think, Oh, my gosh, this could happen. You know, we're getting into the spring season and a lot of rain. What if it rains too much and we don't, can't get into the fields? Or, you know, oh, my gosh, what if, the, oh, my gosh, they're laying off at work. What if they lay off and I get laid off? Oh, my gosh. I don't, you know, so your mind begins to wander. It begins to wander. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says to think on these things. Paul says, listen, in verse 6, it says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Oh, and by the way. Think on these things, things that are a good report, things that are, are of virtue, things that are lovely. Things think, in other words, think on the word. Think on the word, okay? And now the last one that I want to talk to you, and there's a lot more of ites in the scripture, but these are the ones I wanted to cover for tonight, is the hamathite. Hamathite. Now, whereas before we had one that had the walls down, this one here is you have walls up. You have walls up. And that although it's true that we need to build walls in our lives to keep the enemy out, to keep the enemy out, but sometimes in our lives we build walls out that keep, they keep, they keep the spirit out. It keeps the word out of our lives. We, we build up walls to protect ourselves. And the reason, you know, again, we do that because we've been hurt. You know, we've been offended. We've been hurt somebody's done us wrong, or life experience in and of itself just causes us to put up a wall. That, so it protects us. It protects our mind. You know, so we won't go there. You know, something happened to us, and so, so we put a wall around that area in our mind, so we won't even go there. We won't even think there. We won't even, 
allow anybody to touch that, and especially the Father God who wants to heal us in that area in our life. And so we won't, we won't even go there. I remember one time driving down the road, and I, I always struggled with criticism. I always struggled with the idea of um, doing a project and then handing it over to somebody and saying, here, look at this, tell me what you think, and give me feedback on it. Um, and I, and I, it just, I just was like, oh, man, that hurts whenever I do that. Why does it hurt so much? And, and you know, whenever you work with a team, you have to do that. You have to, you have to share your thoughts. You have to share your ideas. You have to share your projects. And so I remember driving down the road, road one day, and I was like, and I had just had a situation happen that I had to turn around and, and, and say to, you know, hey, look at this. And I got negative feedback back, and it, it just brought up, there was just a wound there, and I was just like, oh, man, that hurts. And just fear, a lot of fear. And I said to the Lord, I said, God, why do I deal with that? Why does that happen? And just like that, God took me back to a situation that happened when I was in grade school, of all things. And um, as you all know, I come from a divorced family, and my dad was not around, but at this particular event, he decided to come to to my to my event at the school I, we were doing a christmas pageant so i had a little tutu and i had wings on and i had a halo on and had my white my white leotards on and and my dad was coming <clears throat> now i understand back in those days i was the minority because i came from a broken home so everybody else always had their mom and dad present at all programs but I didn't. My mom, my mom was the only one that would come to my programs because my dad was not in the picture. But for whatever reason, at this particular time, he came. And so, you know, I'm out there doing my little, you know, tutu thing and dancing across the stage and whatever angels were supposed to do then. And, and at the same time, I'm looking. Where's my dad? Where is he? You know, and the lights are bright on us, so it was hard to see. See, see the audience. So... Finally, I'm like, you know, where is he, you know? And, and I see him, and I'm, just, I'm so happy. My heart just leaps. So we get out to the car, and, and um, my dad says to my mom, wow, didn't Sharon do such a great job? Didn't she do a great job? And my mom, not, not intentionally, but, you know, she made this, you know, sometimes as parents, we make remarks, not intending to hurt, but somehow it went deep. And she made, she said this, she says, well, she would have done better if she hadn't have been looking around. And you know what? I hadn't thought about that. I don't think I had ever given it another thought, but somehow that went deep. So whenever I would do projects, whenever I would do something or had was working on something, and I had to have the approval of, you know, have people's input, maybe not approval, maybe input is that I struggled with it. I didn't want to let go of the baby. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, because I didn't want to hear. Well, you know what? You would do better if. And so, oh my gosh, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what, what is that? And he said to me, he said, you need to forgive your mother. Now, I didn't have to pick up the phone and say, hey, mom. Guess what? I forgive you because she didn't, she didn't even remember it. And actually, years later, whenever I finally told her, hey, I struggled with this and this is why, 
She's like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to. And I said, mama, mom, it was, it's not about you. It's about the ministry of the spirit and the word that came in and healed some hurt that I had that somehow I picked up and I built a wall around that area in my life and I didn't want to deal with it. But by the spirit of God and by the Holy Spirit and by the word, that area became healed in my life. Now, do I still struggle with it at times? You know, once in a while I see little bricks starting to build back up and I'm like, no, 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 wait a minute. We knocked you down. This is it. We're done with this. Once in a while, it wants to start building back up. But I have to come back at it with the word of God. So I want us all to stand tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you've identified with one of these ites <laughs> in, 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 your, you know, in your life. Maybe there's an ite that you're just like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's, that's why I struggle with this. Or yes, that's me. And so now what do I do? Well, I want us to go back to the proclamations. What you're hearing and what you're saying. And so tonight, I just want you to um, lift up your hands. And I'm going to read a proclamation over you that the Lord gave me earlier today that covers all of these different ites in our, in our lives. And I just want you, as I, as, I, as I read the word over you, I just want you to say, yes, Lord, I receive that. And yes, Lord, I take that in. And yes, Lord, I thank you for your healing power, for your grace in my life to set me free in that area. That I'm not going to allow the ite to stay, but I'm going to drive it out in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. So you just agree with me. You don't have to say anything. Just agree. Agree with the word, okay? Father God, I declare that tonight that we are strong of the Lord, that we have a strong foundation, that we are strong in you and the power of your might. We follow the spirit of the living God and do not follow the flesh. We are built on one sure foundation, and that is your word. Father, as we hear the voice of you, I thank you, Father God, the stranger's voice we refuse to follow and adhere to. We... Get rid of our old ways of living, and we take up your way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside out. Father God, we guard our heart with all diligence, because out of our heart is where the life flows. We declare Psalm 91 over us. We delight in the law and the word of God. And we are like trees that are planted along the riverbank. We bear much fruit in each season of our life. And I just feel like that there's some, some of us here tonight are saying, my season's past. And I declare tonight in Jesus' name that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you tonight, your season, you might be going from one season, but you're transitioning into another season, and you're not done. God's saying to you tonight, you are not done. It is not finished. He still has another season and another season and another season. And in those seasons, you will bear fruit. Father, we choose to think on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And that is your word. And finally, Father... We will fight in the warfare of the Spirit, 
and not the flesh. We pull down strongholds and anything else that is opposite of God's word in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, everybody says amen, amen, amen. amen. So, ites. Yikes, the ites. Whenever you start feeling something that's...